0: All right, let's talk culture, let's talk that loss to the Nets, and let's talk and Fox in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans Jam Packed. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts, and we've got a lot to talk about. The trade deadline is going to be fast approaching, and the Pels played over the weekend. So thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're here five days a week for you all, available wherever you get your podcast. We are free, no paywall, anything like that. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast, and available on YouTube as well. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. It helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. Also going to be a little uncertain of the schedule. I have some just personal stuff going on that might not let me record tomorrow we'll see the pelicans play today uh on mlk day and it's an early game we'll see i'm hopeful i'll be able to record i'm i'm really not sure so i'll keep you updated follow me on twitter at nola jake for the updates on that and when the show will be coming next all right so we got a couple of things i want to talk about i want to talk about culture and the players on this team, because I think that game against the Brooklyn Nets, and we'll recap that in the second segment, is a little bit eye-opening and kind of brings the Pelicans back down to earth after a pretty good run of form that they've had. But a run of form that was not sure how good they were during it, right? And I think that's what I really want to look at. And basically, this all kind of culminates when we're going to talk about De'Aaron Fox. And stuff around the trade deadline, right? One of the things I've seen is people getting really attached to this Pelicans team right now. And that's a good thing. Like, they're fun, right? They try really, really hard. They work under Willie Green. Uh, Brandon Ingram's an absolute stud. Herb Jones is like, uh, you know, we're all in love with him right now. You know, everyone likes this team and no one wants to, like, break it up to a certain degree. But I don't know if that's the right move. And one of the things I've seen, you know, said a lot is culture. Culture, culture, culture. That's a tough thing to describe when it comes to kind of NBA teams, right? And when I look at this team, I don't necessarily see a culture yet. I see the makings of things, but I don't actually see a culture yet. You know, look at the Miami Heat. There's kind of like a heat culture, right? That's been because they've had consistency with a lot of people, with Eric Spolstra there, right? With Pat Riley running the organization. That culture has been built over time over the way they approach Their free agency, the draft, the way the team plays, the way the coaches coach, all of that stuff has been built over time and it kind of permeates every part of the organization. I don't know if you can really say that about this team right now, right? They fight under Willie Green. They will never give up for the most part because you know what they did against the Brooklyn Nets. They came out flat looking terrible. They didn't look like they wanted to be there or anything like that. Right. If you have this culture, how does something like that happen? And I think the answer is, honestly, they don't have a culture built yet. Again, they have the makings of one. There's a good start to a culture in place here, I think. And I think Willie Green is the right guy that can clearly get through to these players. But I don't know if they have a culture. And so when I see people say, like, oh, I wouldn't trade uh, Josh Hart in a deal for De'Aaron Fox. And we'll talk about this in the third segment, Right. I think that's foolish like I think that's a really foolish thing to really think about right what culture do the Brooklyn Nets have that's so good is there one there might not be right yet they smashed the Pelicans you know why because they have better players they have star talent they could even lose one in Kevin Durant early on in the game and still come out and whip this Pelicans team what does that say it tells you that one culture is probably overrated to a little bit, right? And star players win games. Good players win games. If you don't have those, you're not gonna win. You know, we're loving the Pelicans right now because they have been playing 500 ball. They were 10 and 10. It's not that good. and they were beating up on bad teams and losing to good teams. That's the other thing, right? Don't forget they got smoked by the bucks. They got beaten handily by Utah, and the Phoenix Suns game was a little bit closer till the very end, but they got blown out by them. They're beating bad teams. They're beating teams that are at their level. They're not really punching up whatsoever for the most part, other than wins here and there. I don't know if I, I need to preserve that. I don't need to look at this team and be like, we, you know, no, this is it. These are the guys. They're not playing like a six seed that I've had a number of people tell me. They're not. Their, their their ceiling right here is about 10. 10 in the West, which isn't that high of a bar to clear and isn't anything that impressive. So, no, I don't think they have a culture. Again, I said, what is... I, I did a show two ago, right? Thursday, maybe? What's their, the identity of this team? I don't know if there is one other than they play hard. Again, that, that does something, but that's not going to win you very many games. And that's something that clearly isn't an every game thing for them right now. For the most part, they do. But... They came out so flat against the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Josh Hart said, quote, defensively, we were atrocious. They didn't feel us at all. They didn't know we were there. They came out making shots. We have to come out with more energy, more physicality, more overall toughness, end quote. If you don't bring any of that in a game, you don't have a culture, right? Willie Green... Said, "quote We just didn't play the way we've been playing. End quote. Our sense of urgency was lacking, and against a really good team on a road tri- uh, on the road to start a road trip, you can't get down by that many points. Yeah, he's right. If they didn't come out like they, you don't even spend that much time recapping it, and we won't in the next segment. They didn't look like they cared. They didn't look like they were trying. I don't know what it was, but that says something about this group, right? And even if they fight all of that hard." They're still 16 and 17. The the record alone kind of says you don't need to keep everything set because guys are, you know, because they fight hard but lose. Or they start to come back but lose. Or because they came back and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Don't overrate some of this stuff. Don't fall too attached to role players, right? That you really like, yes, don't get me wrong, but aren't going to ultimately win you games and get you into the playoffs. Maybe one here and there. But that's not going to help you win a title. You need top-end talent. And it's something the Pelicans are very much lacking. They're even lacking kind of that middle-of-the-road talent, right? Things kind of fall off a cliff once you really start to get to the bench. So don't overrate some of those players. I see it all the time in trades that are sent to me. You maybe have done this yourself to me. You send me a trade, and I look at it, and I'm like, there's there's no way. And you try and find ways to talk yourself into these players on the Pelicans team because you overvalue them. It happens. But I see it every time, and every team's fan base does this, so it's not just here. Keep that in mind when you're talking about culture and looking at this team right now. Again, what's their identity other than playing hard? I'm not really sure. And when you come out flat against the Brooklyn Nets, like... And let's talk about that game coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, because I think that one is pretty interesting. Alright, today's episode of Locked On pug is brought to you by Shopify. Cha-ching! That is the sound of another sale on Shopify and I love that. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and Shopify makes it happen. Look, I love this because I work In banking for almost a decade treasury management tools like this for businesses are prohibitively expensive and companies won't and banks won't won't deal with you if you're just a startup or if you're small mom and pop or whatever it is you got to pay big bucks if you don't have it they don't want to deal with you Shopify is going to make it so much easier and I think that's a really important thing so you can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and app, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. You've got to know your numbers. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash on MBA right now, shopify.com slash Locked on NBA. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Both sides telling you their big takeaways. They're the boots on the ground. They're the people covering this team every single day. They know it better than most others. You need that context. You need that insight. You don't get it in a box score. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, we're talking about the Pelicans, right? That Brooklyn Nets loss is to be expected. Don't get me wrong. But this team looked – Josh Hart summed it up, and I don't like swearing a ton on the show, but he said they came out and played like shit. He basically said if we wanted to win this game, we can't play like shit. That's a pretty good way to sum it up. In the first half, they were bad. They started to turn around a little bit in the second half, but you can't come out flat like that. Like, I don't know what they were expecting. Part of it was – Herb Jones got in some foul trouble early. He picked up two fouls on Kevin Durant jumpers and had to go to the bench. But he got lit up in the like limited minutes that Kevin Durant played. Kevin Durant in 12 minutes, 12 points on four of eight shooting. Two assists, three rebounds, a steal, a block. It's really good. And Herb Jones, as much as we love him, ain't going to be guarding a guy like Kevin Durant effectively right now. You know, you had Jonas Valanciunas had a really quiet and off night. He got his shots. That's an important thing, right? Six to 12, but just 13 points and only five boards from him. Okay, Josh Hart contributed. That's important because his trade value needs to be as high as possible right now. 14 points on nine shots. He was good. 11 rebounds, including three offensive, two assists, three steals. He's been good, right? Devontae Graham, though, another night struggling. Keep all of this in mind, framing it for the next segment, right? Two of seven from three. That's not going to get it done. And look, these shots are open. I've seen a lot of people say when it comes to him, he'll get better looks when, it come, you know, when Zion's out there. No, he's not. <laughs> His, no one takes contested threes. Like, I don't know how to, I'm frustrated today in today's show for whatever reason, and I don't really need, need to be. The Pelicans, of all of their three-point shots, 95% of them are open or wide open. Open or wide open, so no defender within at least like four feet, two to four feet, basically. They're open. Or wide open. 95% of their looks are that. Maybe these guys just aren't good shooters. And it's not the quality of the looks. It's the fact that they're not good shooters. Only 5% of the Pelicans' looks from three are truly contested or even have a defender close by. And those might not even be that contested. No one takes contested threes because it'll get blocked. No one does that. So their looks are open. They're just missing open looks. So I don't know if Zion coming back is going to help right the ship for the Pelicans with their bad three-point shooting. Maybe they're just not good shooters. 24th in the league at 33.8% from deep. 34%. That's not a good number. Um, And Devontae Graham, who I would throw in a trade in a second for the right player. There you go. You know, that's a big part of it. Two of seven. Garrett Temple, one of four. Jose Alvarado, I like him taking shots. He's the youngest guy here, and he gets a little bit of leeway. One of six, right? Seven points on the night, two assists. Again, I still like him getting those backup point guard minutes over a guy like Tomas Satoransky. You know, then you have Nikhil, who didn't have the worst shooting night, tried to kind of do some other things too. But again, 10 points on nine shots, one of three from deep, only two assists. No one's creating for others other than Brandon Ingram who was good in this one 22 points right on 21 shots his three shot wasn't falling it wasn't falling for the Pelicans all in this one two of six but he did have eight assists he's been dishing the ball and he's like the only one really capable of doing this at a significant elite level right now they need someone who can do that and to get better looks for Jonas and make his life a little bit easier who can create Other opportunities than just kick out threes for players because maybe this team's not good at making those and you need someone that can run a damn pick and roll because the Pelicans have not been good at that whatsoever this year. Again, this team came out so flat and uninterested in playing basketball. It's not that they were just overwhelmed, right? And just losing to a good team, because that's what the Brooklyn Nets are, although the Kevin Durant injury might kind of change the calculus of that a little bit, right? But they turned the ball over so often, so early in that first quarter, and it just kind of doomed them, and they never really were able to recover from that. Again, I'm not going to want to keep this team together if you finish with five turnovers in the first quarter and you're pacing yourself for 20. When you come out and you don't really look like you want to play or be there, You're going to lose games, and you're just, yeah, there you go. So a game like this, I think, kind of makes the Pelicans feel like they're coming crashing down a little bit. They're beating bad teams. They're beating the teams they should beat. But against this top-level talent, what you needed to see them do against the Brooklyn Nets was not win the game. No one was expecting that. But come out and punch up, right? Try and play above your level of what you are. And they did not do that. And that... That is a problem and why they need to be active on the trade deadline and why some of these guys, assuming they want to you know, get into the postseason, right? And it seems pretty clear they want to get into the playing tournament and are willing to sell out for that to a certain degree. So That's why I look at some of these players and it's like, I, I will throw a lot of you in there if you guys are going to come out looking like this, uninterested in playing, not being kind of the best players that you can be. So think about that. Who's untouchable on this team right now? Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, but is Herb Jones untouchable? Is Josh Hart untouchable? Is Devontae Graham untouchable? Is Jonas Valanciunas even untouchable at this point? Think about that as we go in to the next segment here in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easy to, to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat these things. Unlike other protein bars that are chalky, waxy, tastes like a chemical spill, metallicy, just not good whatsoever. I eat one of these things every single day and I get kind of excited to do it because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You're not going to realize you're eating something good for you. I've had like sugar cravings at times. I go eat one of these or I take a bite of them and it satisfies it. They are that sweet. They're that delicious. The consistency is great. The texture is great. And again, they're good for you. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to other protein bars on the market that aren't going to taste nearly as good as this one or a candy bar, which is even worse for you. So if you want to stick to your New Year's resolutions. If it's about getting fit, eating healthier, losing weight, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. And you can go to built.com use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. I just ordered a box of the raspberry lemon cheesecake, uh, raspberry white chocolate cheesecake. I'm really excited for that one. Got 15% off. I use my own money on this. I use this Promo code. So go to built.com. Use promo code Lock15 and get 15% off your next order. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the NFL playoffs and beyond. The game started this weekend. It was a lot of fun, blowouts, close wins. You know, it's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 whether it's football basketball hockey boxing ufc write your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment. We're talking about the Pelicans, their culture, all of that stuff in a 120-105 loss to the Brooklyn Nets. A game that they just didn't show up to play in for the first half. And then just got outmanned. Even when they started to play, right? They cut the lead. They got it down to 16. It never got closer than that, though. You know, if you can't even get it to single digits, what's it say? You need better players. And that's what the Pelicans are going to be trying to do at the NBA trade deadline. So a name that's been rumored, you know, we'd heard that they had some scouts out there basically to watch the Sacramento Kings Is probably De'Aaron Fox that feels like he could be the odd guy out here in the Sacramento Kings roster. And they need to kind of just do anything differently because they've been bad for a long time. The greatest stat I saw was the last time they were in the playoffs, the iPhone didn't exist. That kind of tells you a lot right there, doesn't it? So De'Aaron Fox might be on the out. And I've seen people be like, no, I want no part of De'Aaron Fox. And I think that's foolish. This is a guy that is a very, very talented basketball player. Exactly the type of talented player the Pelicans need. He's an aggressive guard. He's not a good three-point shooter, right? He's not a good three-point shooter. He's a career 31.5% shooter from deep. He's shooting 25% from this season. But he can score. 21 points per game on 17 shots. Last season, 25 points per game on 19 shots. Those are pretty good numbers overall. You can't really complain about that. The Pelicans offense gets stagnant, gets gross. Maybe having a guy like this who's aggressive and can drive and can create for others is an important thing. Last year, seven assists per game. This year, five in a different role in playing fewer minutes. You know, when you look at the drives stat per game, right? We've talked about it with Nikhil. Stop shooting threes and go be aggressive and get to the rim. Well, De'Aaron Fox drives over 16 times per game. The most on the Pelicans is 12.3 with Brandon Ingram. Nikhil drives 8.7. So he's kind of sort of doubling up on what Nikhil does when it comes to drives. That's, That's a big deal. That's a big difference, right? He's an above average pick and roll guard. He's not elite there necessarily, but he also hasn't had some of the big men to really do a lot of that with. This is a guy that could fit in and be that kind of disruptive force on offense that the team needs. Again, I don't know if you need another three-point shooter. You know, certainly you'd like it, but they can't be necessarily one-dimensional. Yeah, you'd like the Pelicans to take more attempts from three. But, you know, if he's doing that, you're taking shots away from, say, like Devontae Graham, depending on how you feel about him. And then where does that leave Devontae Graham? Does that kind of just take him out of the rotation then? It shouldn't, it won't, but it kind of puts them in a weird spot like that. Like, I don't know if just a pure spot-up shooter, say Buddy Heald or someone like that, is necessarily what they need right now. You know, I think it just might be, you know, upgrading your shooting is going to be good, but this team's getting good looks, and maybe you just got to hope that these guys turn around and start making open freaking looks, which is what they're getting 95% of the time. I'm not sure, but when it comes to De'Aaron Fox and this, this Nets game kind of validating a lot of what I've been feeling about this team is that they're they're above average they're better than a lot of the teams they're playing and winning but they're not a good team there's not enough talent here particularly without Zion to really truly compete go get that talent De'Aaron Fox is that the other thing he's under contract uh, well beyond this season let me pull up his numbers right here and I think that's a really important thing to also consider right he's under contract for four more years after this one it's not like he can bolt or anything like that in the meantime. You know, he'll fr- probably feel like he has a new lease on life just being here in New Orleans away from that dysfunctional Sacramento organization and feel pretty good about it. The problem is even though he's probably on the outs there, it's a talented player, you're not, who's under contract and that's a big deal. You're not he's just 24 years old, right? Just turned 24. You're you're going to have to give up a lot. You're probably going to have to include that lottery protected part of the pick that is owed to Charlotte. So 1 through 14, if it lands there, goes to the Sacramento Kings. You're probably going to need to include a guy like Josh Hart. And honestly, you might need to include one of Trey Murphy or Herb Jones. I think most people at this point would include Trey over Herb. But what if it had to be, would you do this Trey? What if it had to be Josh Hart, Herb Jones, and some sort of picks to make it work? Would you do that? I'm a little bit on the fence. Josh Hart's not long for this team eventually, right? Like he's not going to spend three more years here. He might be this year and next year. But it won't be after that. So you do want to cash in on him somewhat soon, particularly because he's playing the best basketball of his career right now. It would suck to lose him. I would dislike that. But if it netted you a guy like De'Aaron Fox who's under contract for four more years, slots in as your starting point guard, and you finally have a lead guard, I'd do that trade in a second. I'd seriously consider putting Herb Jones in there, and I love Herb Jones. I have a Herb Jones Alabama jersey coming from like China to me as we speak. I'm excited about that. He's been such a fun player to watch, and I love him. But look at where the team is, right? And if you're intent on going into the playoffs this year, and it's debatable if the team should or should not do that, they are, I like winning, so I'm I'm for it. This stuff makes you think a little bit, right? And so I'm curious, you know, wh- let me know in the comments on YouTube, do you find yourself overvaluing the Pelicans trade assets? Or after hearing me kind of say it out loud, do you overvalue them? Or do you think these guys are really worth that much? That's okay too. There's no necessarily right or wrong answer in this. At least from our perspective, there probably is when it comes to actually trying to make trades in the NBA and valuing those guys. But if they want someone, you know, you're either going to get De'Aaron Fox by talent or picks. They don't really have the talent, so it's going to need to be picks. Particularly because you probably need to kind of have those picks as like counterbalancing some of the dead weight of a guy like Garrett Temple or a guy like Tomas Satoransky in there too. There's better expiring contracts than Satoransky, and Temple's under contract for two more years after this one. But think, keep all of this in mind. I don't know if there is a culture yet within this franchise because you know what? Culture also goes up to David Griffin. And his culture, if he's building one, sucks. Very fake and not true when he talks family and then badmouths about a guy to the press like the same day. So is there a culture? Or do these guys just really like Willie Green and play hard for Willie Green? But that in and of itself, I don't think is a culture. I don't think it's an identity. Keep that in mind as we start to hear trade rumors, as we throw things out there to make you think and have stuff to talk about here on Locked On Pelicans. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter. And I may or may not be back with you tomorrow, and we'll see about the rest of the week.